0: Welcome to GenCast, a sponsored podcast series brought to you by Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology News. I'm your host, Jeff Bukaliskis. In 2003, a privately held technology company began to make waves across the country. Promising diagnostics with just a small amount of blood, many believed this technology would revolutionize healthcare as we know it. But by 2018, the company was embroiled with scandal being exposed for the inaccuracy of their results. The downfall of Theranos has been a topic of many conversations and will continue for many years to come. I sat down recently with Kevin Rozovsky, CEO of Quanterix and founder of the nonprofit Powering Precision Health, to discuss just what impact Theranos has had on the industry. Welcome to GenCast, Kevin. Thank you, Jeff. So Kevin, you're one of the few CEOs out there willing to speak about Theranos. Why do you think that is?
1: I suspect that there's a lot of, I'll call it headwinds, associated with some of the fallout of Theranos, And as a result, there's probably less comfort in discussing the implications of some of that fallout, particularly if it has any kind of impact on the company that the CEO is running or the team or the franchise that the person that you're talking with is implicated with. So I can understand that it's a delicate topic.
0: And what are your thoughts on the failed Theranos technology, and how is what Quantarix doing any better?
1: Well, first of all, I think I have a lot of, in a way, benefit by not knowing deeply the technology. What I do have a very strong opinion about and view, however, is that I do believe that blood represents an incredible solution or liquid in the body that is a trevor trove of information. That has so much opportunity for utilizing to help manage health. And so I've always been a very large believer of blood and the role that it can play. We have about six quarts on average in our body and that blood traverses about 60,000 miles of vascular structure in the body. So it's interacting with just about every phase of the body. And so I find that solution, that liquid, to be just full of so much opportunity for seeing not only disease, but seeing health. And so for that reason, I'm actually very compelled by the vision that Theranos had. And I do believe that the vision is a very noble one that can yield and lead to major breakthroughs in the future of the way health is managed and or health care is practiced.
0: So do you foresee your technology then filling in a lot of gaps that Theranos left behind?
1: I think there's like two different topics here that might be worth mentioning. One of them is Quanterix, which is a for-profit public company that has disruptive technologies that are able to measure proteins in blood, and many times are called biomarkers in blood. And those biomarkers are being measured both digitally and via analog. And that's enabling a level of sensitivity that is somewhat unprecedented. It can be as much as a thousand times more sensitive than some of the more traditional technologies available today. And so that is one topic that is worth discussing relative to the future of the ability to measure in blood both health and disease. But the other one is the summit that I'm involved in called Powering Precision Health, which is a nonprofit. And there we're inspiring researchers around the world in primarily the fields of oncology cancer, as well as neurology, whether it be Alzheimer's, MS, Parkinson's, ALS, CTE. We're trying to inspire innovators and academics, as well as pharmaceutical companies and researchers around the world to be exploring the role of biomarkers and being able to see disease earlier and more effectively, and then to use those breakthroughs to be able to help get drugs approved more efficiently by being able to stratify patient populations into what we would consider to be more relevant populations where the drug can have a lot of efficacy and try then to reduce the safety issues and toxicity so the second one, the Piring Precision Health Summit and the foundation is more geared towards anyone's technologies that's able to enable that. We're trying to inspire advances across the board to try to use biomarkers to revolutionize the way healthcare is practiced. And it just so happens that Quinterix, the for-profit, does have a unique set of technologies that can play a role for proteins. And there's been over 500 third-party peer-reviewed publications validating and supporting the advance of that technology, primarily being deployed today to discover and develop treatments for diseases, but someday, and many of these publications also illustrate the ability to see disease long before other technologies can see it and to do it non-invasively or minimally invasively in blood. So both topics we think are very relevant and both can move the needle for the way healthcare is practiced in the future. Let's
0: switch gears for a minute and talk about management. It's clear that the internal workings of a company like Theranos were lacking, to say the least. How do you ensure your leadership team is being as honest and transparent as possible?
1: Well, the culture of transparency and what I would consider to be the culture of integrity is really the culture that has to be really nurtured daily. And I think in the area of where you're trying to disrupt and you're trying to invent something that doesn't exist today, it can create a very significant challenge between trying to inspire those that are practicing the innovation to be thinking out of the box and be thinking about achieving what today is not possible. And then also while doing so, stay transparent and real around where the advances are. It's a very delicate balance because on one side, you're trying to inspire the impossible, but on the other side, you're trying to be transparent and real. And sometimes those can be in conflict. One
0: last question for today, for this podcast. You mentioned a little bit before about powering precision health. So I'd like to get back to that. Tell me a little bit more about why you founded that and why it's important part of the greater picture.
1: Well, in our inaugural Meeting that we had about three and a half years ago, four years ago, a lot of what we wanted to do was to inspire the researchers in the community out there that have the ability to move the needle through their research to inspire them to the possibilities of what these technologies can achieve. And we wanted to do it with the scientists so that there would be the potential for third party peer reviewed publications which many of these publications have significant critiquing staffs that look very critically at the data to ensure before they will publish that that data is sound and the advance that's being articulated is real. And so we like to look at third-party peer-reviewed publications as a great indicator and validator of a technology and a direction. So our major point was to inspire that by bringing in various advocacy groups that could benefit from these breakthroughs, whether it be Susan Coleman, Breast Cancer Foundation, whether it be oncology groups, Stand Up to Cancer, whether it be National Cancer Institute. We had a lot of focus on oncology and then neurology. We have soldiers today that we know veterans, there's like 26 suicides a day occurring and a lot of that's believed to be linked to brain health and post-traumatic stress disorder and We also know we have a lot of athletics today that have concussions and there's a lot of trauma that could be environmental factors that trigger many of the neurodegenerative diseases. And so we wanted to have a forum that was scientifically founded and based with advocates that could benefit from the advances, both in early detection, which could enable someday prevention, but then also for developing and discovering treatments to aid those that do get discovered or get detected as having an ailment. So those two constituencies were very important. And then we added investors in as well so that we could get longer term, greater purpose investments into the ability to use these biomarkers in the blood non-invasively to not only detect and see disease early, but then to have good solid treatments and then to have investments to support the advancement of all of those frontiers. And so it's a pretty amazing organization now, and we are holding one or two summits a year. The next one we think will be in Barcelona, and we're working towards that in October. So it's probably attended by you know, four or 500 of the leading researchers in the world in the areas of neuro and in the areas of oncology with investors and patient advocacy groups and regulators from those different disease areas.
0: Kevin, great discussion and insights. Thank you very much for your time and being part of GenCast.
1: appreciate it very much, and thank you for the opportunity, Jeff.
0: Thanks for listening to GenCast. For Genetic Engineering and
1: Biotechnology News, I'm Jeff Galiscus.